Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Greetings everyone. Hoping you are okay. Glad you have tuned in to listen to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi's podcast. My name is Fred Alexander Oyola Karibuni. Here we are. Hope you've been well. Hope you're warm. It's been cold up here in Nairobi, Kenya. <laughs> I don't know how the weather looks like where you are, but we sure need some heat. <laughs> some quick announcements as we always begin. Read your Bible, pray every day if you want to grow. We began our 2021 Bible reading plan on the 11th of January. Now we are on Proverbs 11 on the 11th of July, the whole month is the read the book of proverbs month and so here we are the book of proverbs is an amazing is an amazing book on the wisdom day-to-day life wisdom read it if you want to grow read it with us and help us know how uh, let us know how it's going uh, next week on monday the, i think the 19th of yeah the 19th of july we're going to have our bible uh, study zoom hangout we're going to be on the book of Psalms. That will be amazing. Join us. We begin every Monday. Uh, Any time we have it on Monday, we begin it at 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. A quick one hour, but a very powerfully packed one hour in the book, in, in Bible study. Last week, we began looking at the book of James. We began with chapter 1. Today, we look at chapter 2. If you missed last week's um, podcast, Find it on here just after this or just before this podcast. We have uh, the podcast from last week and all our other podcasts, they're available. Um, just go on, go on there and you'll find it. We're going to look at the book of James this whole month. We, begin with chapter, we began with chapter 1 last week. We're on chapter 2 today and then we continue on. Before we begin, let's begin the word of prayer. Father, in Jesus' name. We ask for your presence, we ask for your strength, we ask for your wisdom, we ask that you protect us as we go through the book of James, chapter 2. King of kings, prepare our hearts, help our hearts be ready, not just to hear your word, but to do it when the time comes. In Jesus' name we pray, we shout, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. <laughs> Just a reminder from last week, James is the half-brother of Jesus. Yes, Jesus had brothers and sisters. The other brothers were Joseph, Simon, and Judas, also called Jude. James never believed in the Lord. Imagine that. But what would you do if your brother told you he was the savior of the world? Probably the same. James never believed. John chapter 7 tells us that. But at some point later, he believes in his brother Jesus. And he's actually given the nickname James the Righteous. Imagine that. He appears to him. Jesus appears to his brother James after his resurrection. As shown in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 7. And at some point later, um, after the great conversion in the book of Acts, he becomes a leader of the Jerusalem church. But as we begin the book of James, persecution has begun to the Christians. Honestly, after Stephen's death, the church is now scattered from Jerusalem all the way to Syria. And now the book of James is written. He's writing it to encourage those that are being persecuted and have scattered all over the nation and outside it as well. It is the first ever book written in the New Testament. 
And so here we go. In chapter 2, James continues in the line of our religion in doing what the Bible tells us to do by concentrating on how we treat other people. He, he talks about accepting others from verse 1 to 13 and then assisting others from verses 14 to 26. Let's see what he says on the issue of accepting others from verse 1 to 13. We're reading James chapter 2, verse 1 to 13. I'm reading from the NIV. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring, gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing the fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he premi he promised those who love him. But you have dishonored the poor. It is not the rich who are exploit. Is it not the rich that who, who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Eh? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you are really keeping the law, or if you really keep the law, oh, if you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbors yourself. You are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do commit murder, you have committed, you become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. This is what James is telling us in the first four verses of chapter 2. James is telling us that in accepting others, we must show, we must show courtesy, a.k.a. respect to all. You cannot say that we believe in Jesus Christ and play favorites. You cannot believe in Jesus Christ, yet have it in us, that some people, especially the rich, are and deserve better than the poor. This continues to reveal in us the corrupt flesh that exists inside of us. It reveals a materialistic nature and another thing, selfishness. At the time of the first church, there was so much social divide and no wonder James is addressing it. In the times of persecution the church was facing, we can't just accept the rich and fend off the poor because probably they cannot help in any situation. Do we only follow the opulent, the wealthy, the ones who look good? Do we only like the best life has to offer? Mm. Do we only have rich friends? Who do you follow on social media? Eh? We must accept all because Christ is Lord of all. Materialism and selfishness greatly reveal the condition of our hearts, and they must be checked. Otherwise, Jesus will never have the position of Lord in us. I saw a tweet this week that read, Nothing is more blinding to a man, spiritually, than exorbitant wealth. Satan hardens the heart of men using wealth. We must check on materialism, check on selfishness. If you're selfish, chances are you're very materialistic and vice versa. Let's continue. This is what James is telling us in James chapter 2, verse 5 to 9. We've just read it. 
James is telling us that, uh, uh, that we must continue to show compassion to all simply because discriminating against the poor shows a lack of understanding of faith as concerns the poor and the rich. The poor have no choice but to depend on the Lord due to poverty. The rich more often than not trust in their riches. The poor love and worship the Lord. The rich dishonor and blaspheme the Lord. Showing favoritism to the rich is a clear breaking of the second greatest law Jesus gave. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you value the rich more than the poor, it clearly shows that you have no compassion for the poor. Let me say that again. If you value the rich more than the poor, it clearly shows that you have no compassion for the poor. Compassion demands that we understand that it must be administered in both ways. To the poor, to elevate them from their poverty, and to the rich, to elevate them to faith in God. Compassion demands we give it to both, the poor and the rich. Jesus looked at the nation of Israel while he was doing his ministry and was filled with compassion because he saw them all, not just the poor, all, as sheep without a shepherd. The poor needed to come out of their poverty. The rich needed to stop trusting in their riches. How is your compassion quotient as you listen? This is what James finishes in James chapter 2. Um, he finishes telling us in James chapter 2, verse 10 to 13. We've just read it. James is warning us that we must be consistent in keeping the whole law. We must take the whole law and not just parts of the law. We must accept the whole law and not parts of it. The law of God will judge us all, but after it has shown us mercy all our lives, God desires that all come to his knowledge before the end of time. That's his mercy to us. So we must emulate him as well. We must show mercy over being judgmental and then we'll be like him. We cannot judge, especially the poor in this case, and then the rich. Without the mercy of understanding God is the creator of them all and the mercy also of understanding that he expects consistency in treating them well. Mm. We must be merciful to all more than being judgmental to all. Wrong behavior and sin will be judged because when you judge the poor in discriminating against them, God will judge you. When you show mercy to the poor mm, in taking care of them, God will show mercy to you. Same to the rich. Don't judge them because of trusting in their riches. Point them to the Lord. Point out the mistake of them trusting in the riches. Show them mercy by walking with them. God will show you mercy. God is not asking us to judge in this instance. We are addressing putting labels on people that puts them under the worth of all others or above the worth of all others. That's the case. After James talked to us about accepting others, he then talked to us about how we can assist them from verses 14 to 26. Let me read for us. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. 
But someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. They tremble. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions are working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. Mm. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous but what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. He begins at verses 14 to 17 explaining the expression of true faith. Mm. If we claim to have faith, then in loving our neighbors ourselves, it means that if they are in need and we're in a position to help, then we must help. The faith in God demands that we show it to others through the actions we take. If you struggle to meet others' needs and you know very well that you're in a position to, then do we really have faith? Without actions, this kind of faith is dead. Hmm, think about that. In verses 18 to 20, James is talking about the evidence of true faith. Deeds, works without faith is very okay and meets the needs of the, of the needy. Let me say that again. Deeds or works with, without faith is very okay and will meet the needs of the needy as in our society. The point though is on the issue of faith, not on the issue of works. Even if you gave all your wealth to the poor, even if you gave all your wealth to the poor and had not the love of Jesus living in your heart, if you had not faith, you're still not going to spend eternity with the Lord. You will die and go to hell. The point isn't just doing what Jesus asked people to do. The point is having a relationship with him. The point is not just meeting the needs of our society. The point is having a relationship with Jesus Christ. When the world sees our good works without Jesus, then we lead them astray. And will be just like the demons who are from God. They were created by Jehovah. They defected from his leadership. They now do works with a faith that is dead. Think about that. So when we do good works without Christ, we are just like the demons. But when they see our good works with Christ, with faith in our hearts, the light of Christ will shine, leading them to him. That is how our, our, our light shine, shines. That is how we are salt of the earth. Hmm. Finally, James tells us of the examples of true faith in verses 21 to 26. Mm. We are considered righteous by what we do, not by believing alone. We are considered righteous by what we do, 
not by believing alone. Abraham was considered righteous for offering his son Isaac on the altar, not just for believing in God alone. Rahab the prostitute was considered righteous for hiding the spies, not just for believing in God alone. Noah was considered righteous for building the ark, not just for believing in God alone. Moses, remember Moses? Was considered righteous for telling Pharaoh to let God's people go and leading them into the promised land, not just for believing in God. Joseph was considered righteous for not leaving Mary, raising up Jesus as his own, and not just for believing in God alone. The apostle Paul was considered righteous for taking the gospel to the rest of the world, not just for believing in God alone. I think you get the drift now. Do you have a living faith or a dead faith? Are you just hanging around dead waiting for heaven? Or are you living, shining God's light waiting for heaven? The more dead you are, the more that are dying without the Lord. The more your light is not shining, the more your flavor is non-existent. The more alive you are, the more you point many to the loving arm on the eternity of the Lord. The Bible tells us of everything. Only faith, hope, and love remain. But the greatest of all of this is love. We must show others through the faith we process. We profess at the process. <laughs> Through the faith we profess that we love just like Christ loved and gave himself up for us. He did, so we must do. Jesus had a faith with intense works. Does yours have the works? You cannot have faith without works. What is it that God has called you to do? Are you shining God's light at your place of work? Do you love your wife with actions? Wife, do you love your husband? Do you love your enemies? Are you doing good to those that have persecuted you? Are you loving those that hate your guts? In action, not in words alone. Faith without works is dead. If we claim to truly know the Lord, then we must accept everyone into our space without discrimination. And then we must also assist them through our expressions, our evidences, and our examples of true faith. That way, we'll be like Jesus Christ, who accepted everyone from a foul-mouthed fisherman to a prostitute to a thief. But through his demonstrations of faith, his acts, his works, his deeds, the things he did, he did. His service to them, he showed them all the way and they're now spending eternity with him. Can the same be said about us in these last days? May the Lord bless you. May the Lord make his lovely face to shine upon you and remind you like never before to shine his light, to have a faith that is with wax. Hallelujah. Have a great week and see you next week.
Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.